Hey everyone, Drew Paglieri back with a power spread analysis on all things football. It's the last day of the Bulls. We're going to be wrapping up the Bulls season. Got through a lot of games here. Had an incredible playoffs on Saturday. I uh, have one more championship game the following week. And to start the last Bulls day off, it's going to be... Uh, Mississippi State and Illinois in the in the afternoon. There's going to be three games in the afternoon and one game at night. Penn State and Utah will wrap it up at night. So this uh, Mississippi State, Illinois, I thought I would just take a real quick look. Illinois is missing some players, and Mississippi State's going to want to do it for their ex-coach, Mike Leach. And I would just say give it to Mississippi State. There's my quick take, okay? When I dug in just a tad deeper, it just blew up on me because, you know, there's a couple things. And, and and before I get started, I want to just say, you know, cheers to Mike Leach. I mean, seriously, I don't want to get into it too much. I did not know the guy. And there's too many people that actually knew him who should be talking about him. That's my opinion on it. And But he he's changed the world of football, and it wasn't just his incredible offense with Hell Mummy. But, and it wasn't just scheme, but it was his uh, cult, an attitude, a culture of, you know, thinking outside the box and promoting that and saying you can be people say he's a pirate and all that pirate stuff that's him that's what he was into but i think and and, and so a friend of mine manny matsakis may be able to confer with me better on this again i didn't know mike leach and manny was mike leach's right hand man in 2000 when he started at texas tech and made his claim to fame and Art Bryles was there, and Dave Aranda, the defensive guy, he was there real shortly after that. Uh, Greg McMacken, a great defensive coach. All kinds of great offensive minds, Dana Holgerson, and, and great defensive minds. That's a story in and of itself. And if I were to go further about Mike Leach's story, I'd rather just do an interview with Manny and hear from someone who really was close to him. But, you know, I just want to say that I love his take from what I've read about thinking outside the box, and you can do that in football. Yeah, in this game, this violent game with tough, hard-ass coaches throughout history, you can think outside the box. And the funny thing about that is, the ironic thing, these coaches have done that forever in this game, going back to Walter Camp. All these guys are, like, obsessed about this game, you know, and they, and they, and they see it more they can do with the game. And it's always been that way. And they're interesting people. John Heisman, one of the greatest coaches of all time way back in the day. It's not just about the Heisman Trophy. This guy was an innovator. He helped actually Rusty Russell. No one really knows about this. Rusty Russell was friends with him. And they had a lot to do with opening up a spread offense. The first spread offense, Rusty Russell, in the 1920s, early 1920s, ahead of his time. Anyway, so John Heisman was a Shakespearean actor. Robert Zupke, Zupke who had a lot to do with George Hallis, who had a lot to do with Clark Shaughnessy and the T formation, which had a lot to do with pro formation and the Sid Gilman stuff that became Bill Walsh and all the stuff in the NFL, the pro offense, okay? That goes all the way back to Zupke. He was amazing. And Zupke was a very accomplished piano player. I mean, you can go on and on about it. So there's all kinds of... So tribute to Mike Leach. He's another one of those amazing coaching minds and amazing minds in general that changed this game. And yeah, that, uh, maybe in the future I'll do something on that. So there's my Mike Leach tribute. Mississippi State, his last team, and his really good defensive coordinator, Zach Arnett, is going to take over. 
And these guys are going to ball for it. I, I can't imagine they're not going to ball out, you know, for Mike. Anyway, I can't imagine everybody's not going to be rooting for them. On the other side, we have a guy named Ryan Walters, who's no longer with Illinois. He's now the head coach at Purdue. But I had to do a deep dive. I've been waiting to do it on this guy. He's another guy who has that mind like Mike. He thinks outside the box. And, you know, and, and a tribute to Brian, uh, Brett Bienema. Brett Bienema, who I always was like old school, power football, 4-3 defense, all about the fundamentals, execution. He does a great job of teaching it, technique. He knows his game. But it's like, you know, honestly, if Paul Christ, had, Paul Christ just got fired, but was at Wisconsin, he developed a little more motion and a little power spreadish sort of things to open up the power even more. Because if they had just kept running it straight up the gut every play, that would have never worked anyway. And, and now even Christ is fired anyway. But the point is, Bienema, I saw him in a one of those broadcasts of college in the college football playoffs a couple of years ago, and he was speaking. And I thought, yeah, he's just going to say they should just run it up the middle every play, you know, something like that. And he is actually really intelligent and really interesting guy. I'd never really had any any uh, inclination to go listen to his interviews before. So I happened to hear him. Like Gary Patterson was on there, and Gary Patterson was talking a mile a minute. But I expected that, and, and it was fun to listen to him. I like Gary Patterson. He's a little crazy. But 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 Brett Bienema is this, like really intelligent guy, and I'm like that's interesting. I'm like, why isn't he jumping on the bandwagon of power spread? Like getting it, dude. You got to mix the defenses. You got to mix the offense. You got to spread it out. Why isn't he getting this? It doesn't make sense to me. He's too smart. And sure enough, he comes to Illinois after taking some time off. And what is he doing? He went to the spread offense, power spread, and a power spread type of defense. And and studying Ryan Walters, I mean, so first of all, the first thing you notice is they're doing a 3-3, three, 3-4. Three, three, what happened to the 4-3? Not doing it. They'll mix it in. They can do a 4-2 out of it, all kinds of stuff. But the second thing is, who's this Ryan Walters guy I keep hearing about? And sure, you know, he comes from Barry Odom. But before that, it was more of a conservative background. Mike Hankwitz, he played for Mike Hankwitz, who's actually the D.C. under uh, Bienema back in the day. And then the Stoops brothers. And the Stoops brothers aren't conservative. They're actually really great defensive minds. But they're not, to this this day and age, they're kind of considered conservative. But they were like doing that hybrid stuff before everybody else, 3-3, three, 4-3 three, three hybrid stuff. So that was pretty cool. But now it's, you know, whatever. Anyway, but then with Barry Odom, they were definitely experimenting with some things. But both of them are defensive back coaches. Barry Odom played linebacker, but he was a defensive back coach. Ryan Walters was a safety and a defensive back coach, okay. Barry Odom liked to mix it up up front a bit, but he was more about mixing in the back and going man-on-man but but kind of block in the middle, like always got a, a, a middle-of-the-field safety, deep safety, and then, you know, closing down the middle. And that's what Ryan Walters does. And But the thing is, there was never that many sacks. If you look at Barry Odom's old defenses, you'd watch it on TV and you'd see a lot of harassment of the quarterback but you'd look at his stats at the end of the year and there wouldn't be like 30 sacks. And it's the same thing with Ryan Walters, maybe just like 30 sacks. Not that many sacks. But he likes to call his, his uh, defense chaos. I don't know about that. I'd rather call it havoc because it reminds me of Shaka Smart in the basketball. There's a havoc element, but it's not that crazy. It, it's like Shaka Smart doesn't run fast breaks crazy like the L.A. Lakers used to do back in the day or, or full court press all the time. He really doesn't but it's more of a havoc. 
I feel like that about Ryan Walters. Hey, I've seen crazier defenses. A little, I did a deep dive on him. I read a lot about him. I watched a little bit of film. I'd like to see more. I didn't see anything so crazy, but definitely interesting. He'd have like, so he, they're calling it a 3-4. I don't know what you want to call it, but he'll have an odd front usually, but sometimes it'll be an even front, but usually odd. He'll move it around and do, and do different things up front. And then he'll stunt and do all kinds of stuff up front. I think that was coming from Bienema. Because I don't know if he was doing that with Barry Odom. But anyway. But then he'll bring a blitz. But he'll do a zone blitz more. And he'll usually not rush that many is what I was seeing. Unless I have to see for more film. And I'll find out. But if you don't, you know, you do a zone blitz. And he's not getting home a lot. But I think he's harassing a lot. So I think it's more harassed. Now he's in the back. He's doing a lot of man and press with like a safety and a, another robber help and stuff. And that's what Odom was doing. And so what ends up happening is unless you have defensive backs like Alabama, you don't get that many interceptions off man-to-man, but you'll get a lot of pass deflections. And that's what I was seeing in the stats. The way you get a lot of interceptions is when you mix in the zone with it or the pattern matching, but mainly the zone stuff, like the, the real or the zone match. And I think that's what Ryan added because he hasn't had much interceptions in his defense until this year and it exploded and yes he had a lot of defensive backs back good players that came back um safety sydney brown uh devin witherspoon cornerback nickelback martin jatavius martin really great players but not super incredible talents like you have at alabama so i i don't know we'll see as the jury's out i mean time will tell well, number one, I need to see more film, and I'll just see what he does. But statistically, yeah, he usually doesn't have that many interceptions either. But he did this year. They had a lot, 22. So I have a feeling he's mixing even more. But that's his defense. So Bienem was running like a real power and an innovative because there's aggressive variety, and then there's aggressive flexible variety. So a guy like Dave Aranda is more towards aggressive variety than flexibility. And, and most people don't have much flexibility. That's a new thing in, in the way that I see it, in the way that I see I have to explain that sometime. But with Ryan Walters, I'm seeing that a little bit. He's like, look, I'm just going to throw guys up on the line, not just the psycho defense of the Ravens that everybody's doing on third down, not just that. That's his MO. He does it anytime. He's got a lot of guys up there. Like if he's, It's almost like three linemen but two outside linebackers right on the edge. And then two other linebackers up in there close, and maybe a safety up in the box too. But they all could drop out. He, it's like Joe, Joe Lee Dunn back in the day. And by the way, his mentor, Barry Odom, is, 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 is a, he hooked, had a mentor named Efferblus, who's now in the NFL, who had some ties direct to Rob Ryan of the Ryan brothers, who had ties to Joe Lee Dunn. So look at that. I'm tying Joe Lee Dunn into this. But, anyways, um, yeah, no. It, 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 Ryan Walters is really like a Jolie Dunn where it's just anything can happen. But more than that, it's about what kind of players he has. And I'm sometimes wondering if he's going to get more sacks when he gets that type of player. But it's like he bases it on that first. So, he's, so he has a system, a philosophy, and a concept and a scheme that has its base but can morph totally to the player. And that's what I look for in the flexibility. And then speaking of Manny Matsakis, who I just mentioned, his triple shoot is a very power spread ideal with both run and shoot, pass spread, and the triple option run spread. And he can, the flexibility is enough where you can morph that either way. But, it, but that's something that's a work in progress still. So it's all a work in progress. 
But anyway, so that's Ryan Walters, the bit that I have on him right now. Uh, and then the, the offensive coordinating for uh, Illinois is Barry Lunny, who uh, um, was a pro guy originally, but then recently is under Chad Morris, who's all power spread and really good at it, and Jeff Trailer, who has some Chad Morris in him as well. That's where he met him, but also has some influence of Art Bryles, which is kind of cool. So he's got this mix and some air raid in there too. So that's Lummy. Lummy. Now I don't know how much Lunny did of all that this year. I doubt a lot with Bienema, but give it Bienema credit that he's heading in that direction. So that's really cool. And sure enough, Illinois had a great year. Last year he got them to respectability, five and seven. And this year they blew up to eight and four. They had a bad loss in the beginning of the year uh, with uh uh, Indiana, I thought that was sort of a bad loss. It was a game they easily could have won. They had more yards. It didn't come, work out. It wasn't a terrible loss, but whatever. But they beat like Wyoming, Virginia, Chattanooga, a distraught Wisconsin. Eh. You know, Iowa, who's, their offense was putrid this year. And they beat them 9-6. Minnesota was pretty good. Okay, so that was a pretty good win. Nebraska was a mess. So a lot of their wins was not a great schedule. Okay, and then they lost to Michigan State, who wasn't doing that well. And then they lost to Purdue, who is good, and they only lost by a touchdown. And then they lost a real close game to Michigan. That's, I think, where it put them on the map, where everybody's like, damn, Illinois is good. But Michigan was looking forward to Ohio State. Come on, let's be honest. So they lost three in a row there, and then they beat Northwestern, who had a bad year. They killed them. So I'm not trying to take away from their 8-4 and four record. I'm giving Bienema a ton of credit for his changes, and I'm giving these coordinators he had a ton of credit. Uh, and But... But at the same time, and, and the players, I mean, there were some good players there left by De, uh, Lovey Smith, who was the coach. And uh, they've, you know, Bienema's made the best use of them. I named the defensive backs, some of them. Uh, you know, a lot of credit to uh, Bienema. If, if I have more, oh, yeah, Randolph and Newton, their linemen are, are tough. Barnes, a linebacker. Coleman, another linebacker. I'm just throwing at these names, but these guys are good. And, uh, but it's, but you know, but it's, you know, I, I don't know if they had a tougher schedule, it might've been more 500 in that area. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, their quarterback, they got a quarterback from uh, Syracuse DeVito. He's okay. He can run a little pass a little chase Brown was a heck of a running back, but he's not playing this game. Unfortunately, I think he's opting out because a heck, but they have a lot of depth there. Reggie love Hayden, chase Hayden and Josh McCray, a big guy, but I think he's injured. But they still have two others. And then they have a real good a quarterback turn receiver in the slot, Isaiah Williams. He had a great year. And they have some other good receivers, big guys, Hightower, uh, Pat Bryant. So they've got a mix. So actually, it's a really nice team. So I don't know. I just don't think the schedule is that tough, but that's a nice team. I, I, I do think they're legit. I think what Bienema is doing there is totally legit. They're going to get better and better. I think with Mississippi State, look – it was Mike Leach. It was Air Raid. And he came in. He had Will Rogers as quarterback. He's not the greatest quarterback, but he's good. He's good at, you know, it seems like all the quarterbacks are good because Mike Leach knows what he's doing. And these guys turn out really great. And the players are, he has, um, he has, he ran it more this year, which I like because in that Air Raid, the, the, the screen passes and the bubbles and the thrown out to the running backs are like a, a, another form of running the ball. But this year, they, they said last year, like Jarkavius Marks, Really good running back. He caught like 80 passes last year. This year, and he caught 40. But he ran the ball more. 
And so they had more. And Dylan Johnson, it was a two-headed monster back there. So they ran the ball a lot more this year. So that's interesting. And uh, But they still threw the screen passes, did all the air raid stuff. The, some of their receivers just weren't up to par, to be honest. And so they were beat out. They had guys coming back, and they literally were getting beat out by other guys. This guy, Rara Thomas, he's actually pretty good from what I read and whatever. I looked at a couple things. Anyway, so it was a good offense, but it kind of went down a little bit from last year. So I I think it might have been the receivers that um, the stats went down. So Illinois, by the way, on that defensive side with that defensive coordinator of theirs, Ryan Walters, went from an obnoxiously bad defense at the end with Lovey Smith to to pretty decent, you know, had improved – uh, to a degree, uh, the first year with Ryan Walters in Biennema in 21. And then, uh, let me see, right here. Yeah, it went to 21 points a game. 20, it went from 35 points a game to 22 points a game. 465 yards to 365. 100 yards different. This year, it went all the way down to like, what is it? 14 points a game? It was insane. Um, 12 points a game. 386 yards. But boy, they kept him out of the end zone. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just incredible. Now, Mississippi State was, um, oh, I'm sorry, 260 yards, of course, because that would have been insane. 260 yards, yeah. Oh, my God, another 100. So it dropped from 460 to 260 to, I mean, 460 to 360 to 260. That's incredible. And uh, Mississippi State gives up 350, which isn't bad. Their defense definitely improved as well, uh, just not to the level. It's just incredible what happened what I mean, Biennema, there was some talent there, you know, definitely. But, um, yeah, some real good coaching and schemes and execution and everything. Mississippi State, State under uh, uh, Zach Arnett, ended up, where did they go from? 399, about the same in the beginning, 28 points, and then they got it down to 25. They've got to do more tempo. I, I think Leach does a lot more tempo than, than what Biennema is doing, so... I mean, been part, but he's got down to 25 and 345. And then this year, the yardage was 350, about the same, 24. So he's kind of stuck in that area with an okay defense. I know he does the Rocky Long stuff. Zach Arnett's a Rocky Long guy, the 3-3 stack. And that's straight from Jolie Dunn. Rocky Long is straight from Jolie Dunn. So that's good stuff. But Arnett is only getting so much production. Um, I, I got here the stat line. I like... Uh, on these guys, uh, the, the Watson. I like some of their guys, Watson and Johnson at linebacker, and Watson had five sacks. But overall, they only had 24 sacks. It's pretty weak. Uh, some really good defensive backs, but again, not a lot of interceptions. So they're not getting it done. Um, and they have some guys good back. They're pretty good. Richardson at cornerback. Emmanuel Forbes is very good at cornerback. Um, Charlton at defensive ends, pretty strong. Uh, Pickering at defensive tackle. Um... So, you know, that's not a great defensive lineup, but I don't know. I, they're doing what they can. But the offense, like I said, it dropped dropped a bit from, what did they have, 29 points, 441 yards. And then this year it went to, oh, they got up to 32. I don't know why I thought it dropped. Oh, their points went up 40, oh, 441 yards. And an offense... Yeah, their their yards dropped a lot, but their points went up. Interesting. They had a lot more yards last year, maybe turnovers and stuff. Will Rogers, 34 TDs, six interceptions. So he was better at, you know, 
and the execution part. So that's it. So, okay. So, yeah, the typically good offensive leech and a little bit struggle on defense, but pretty good and had a pretty good year. I mean, Mississippi State definitely had a tougher schedule. Um, The only teams they lost to were LSU, Alabama, Georgia. You lost to LSU, Alabama, Georgia, and then Kentucky. That was one they maybe could have won, but it was in Kentucky. They beat Arkansas, beat Texas A&M. Uh, beat Ole Miss, real good win at the end of the year. I thought they were doing their best at the end of the year. I thought that was a really good win against Ole Miss. Um, maybe they were having a little bit of shenanigans with the Lane Kiffin talk, Lane Kiffin leaving, but he didn't leave. So I don't want to make excuses, though. It is what it is. I think they're a decent team. Mike Leach had them going on the rise. They were on the rise. We'll see what they can do under Arnett. I sort of wonder if they'll be too emotional. As far as guys missing which you always got to look at in these bowl games. Um, as far as Dylan Johnson, they're running back. So they've got one of their running backs gone. Uh, and Rara Thomas, wow, the best quarterback. I mean, I'm sorry, the best wide receiver. Yeah, I don't like that. Hmm. Their best, their top wide receiver, their second best running back. But other than that, it's not so bad. And then Jacavius Mark's still there at running back. They still have a lot of receivers there. So it's not that bad. Emmanuel Forbes, a really good cornerback, declared he's coming back. And then for Illinois, Josh McCray, like as Chase Brown, is opting out. And then his backup, McCray. So they're down to the third string running back. Um, one of their good tight ends blocking Luke Ford. And then their defensive backs, Witherspoon and Sidney Brown. That's not good. And Nicholson is injured. So all that stuff's going on. And Martin might leave too, but they're trying to keep him there. So Illinois is a little more guys that it would be more of a hurt. And their defensive coordinator is not there this game, though Biennema knows the defense. He's a defensive guy. Um, of course, Mike Leach isn't there, but Zach Arnett's taking over. So I just think it's another. this is another one, a tough one to call. Mississippi State's a three-point favorite. I want Mississippi State to win. How can you not root for them? Mike Leach, you know, like this just, maybe he's looking down, right? And like, I don't know, we'll see. But I just too wonder that they'll be so emotional. It's just an incredibly tough one to call. I almost like to ask guys who, like coach, again, I bring up Manny Matsakis' name, but, you know, ask them what they think about this because I don't know if they can know, but I think a coach would have a lot more insight than I would as far as like how players might be revved up to play this game. Can they get too revved up? I don't know. Maybe it would be just right. I think Illinois will play tough. Biennium's got teams always play tough. I just think they definitely got a little bit better schedule, so that kind of skewed that a little bit, their record. Uh, their coordinator's out, but I, they should be okay. They, I don't like that they lost the guys they've lost. They, they, their running game's the strong point. So is DeVito going to do it on his own? I don't know about that. So I, I think it's going to be a fight. But I, I'll bet you... I've, I'm just I'm saying take Mississippi State because I like I, I've got to go with them, but we'll see. Um, I just got to win one for the Gipper kind of thing. I think I don't know. I, I think that's how it might go. Um, and uh, the, the only thing is, if it's too emotional, Illinois is not going to come out and just lay down for sure. So if Mississippi State's kind of a little out of control in the end, I, yeah, that could work against them, but. Um, I don't think so. That that's the thing about the air raid too. It's a real like execution based offense. I mean, it, it's not super complicated and it's over and over you rep and you rep and you rep and and so if anything just being, you know, that that should be an easier thing to execute 
being super emotional, I think. Uh, so it, it, it could really work out. They could just have a big day. I'd like to see it happen. And they have some talent on that defense. That defense could play better than it has been. Um, and the Illinois defense might take a step back without their coordinator there. But if that defense of Illinois plays out of their mind, but how many air raids? You know, that's the last thing I would look at. How much air raid do they even play? I'm looking at the teams they played, the Big Ten, you know. It's still sometimes a little behind scheme-wise. Yeah, they really play much air raid. Mm-mm, I'm not seeing it. I'm actually looking around. It's really, really almost a Chattanooga maybe. I'm not sure about Chattanooga. Interesting. Virginia, maybe if they still were keeping it. I don't know if they did. Yeah. And Indiana, not really, no. So, yeah. So, no, they're not going to. I don't know. We'll see. It's one thing to try to prepare for it, another thing to play it. So, hmm. So, I'm going Mississippi State. And so that is a wrap. Here from the Power Spread Studios, this is Drew Paglieri. Until next time.